Welcome to The Drum Shuffle, a podcast offering insights, perspectives, and conversations for drummers. I'm your host, Jamie Eads. How's it going out there, everybody? Welcome to the Drum Shuffle Podcast. Jamie Eads joining you as I do each and every week. This is episode number 140. I hope everybody's having a great week out there. I hope everybody's ready for Christmas. The holidays are upon us. We have a great episode today. Uh, We're going to have a lot of fun. I'm going to be talking to one of my Dear friends, Mr. Rich Wiley from TNR Products, right after this message from our sponsor, Lost Cabos Drumsticks. The best kept secret for drummers is finally out. Lost Cabos Drumsticks may look like the sticks you grew up with, but these are not your father's drumsticks. Lost Cabos Drumsticks is Canada's number one drumstick brand, and they are coming to a retailer near you. With operations in over 28 countries worldwide, thousands of drummers have already discovered the Los Cabos difference. Using FSC certified wood from Canada and the US, Los Cabos make the finest quality drumsticks, percussion tools, and accessories on the market. The best news, Los Cabos Drumsticks offers you a ton of choice. They have 22 individual drumstick models and 14 percussion tools, many of which are available in three different wood types, maple, white hickory, and red hickory. Red hickory comes from the center or heart of the hickory tree and has been independently proven to be both stronger and more elastic than white hickory without adding a lot of weight. While most drumstick manufacturers have shunned red hickory, Los Cabos Drumsticks has embraced it, becoming the only established stick brand in the world to offer a full line of red hickory drumsticks. To learn more about Los Cabos Drumsticks, visit them online at loscabosdrumsticks.com, follow them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and don't forget to ask for Los Cabos Drumsticks at your favorite retailer. Dare to be different. Join the Red Hickory Revolution with Lost Cabos Drumsticks. All right, guys and girls, as I mentioned before the break, we're going to be joined by one of my good friends, Rich Wiley of TNR Products. Um, I have known Rich now for, gosh, I'm guessing close to seven years, but uh, I have been uh, an artist on the TNR products uh, roster for six of those years that I've known Rich. Um, you probably know TNR from their previous branding of booty shakers, drum isolation um, equipment, essentially. Uh, they have rebranded as True Vibe just a couple of weeks ago, and I am far, far far overdue for having Rich on for a chat. Rich is a fantastic songwriter and guitarist, um, so let's not hold that against him, drum shuffle folks. Uh, Rich is just one of the nicest guys in the world uh, out in Southern California. Uh, I think you'll get a lot out of this. We we talk shop for almost an hour, so uh, please help me welcome to the drum shuffle, Rich Wiley. Rich, brother, how are you today? Oh, man, I'm good, dude. Happy to be here. Well, man, I'm stoked to have you. Um, yeah. You know, we were we were talking the other day. Um, you know, I think I've been a TNR artist for, is it possible that it's going on six years? Is that even possible? Yeah. Oh, man. Absolutely, it is. God, time flies, man. But you know, we were yeah. we were just kind of catching up and I was like, you know what? We yeah. still haven't had you on the drum shuffle. So thanks yeah. for thank thanks for taking time to do it. I really well, do appreciate it. Thanks for lowering your standards. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. You you must not listen to too many episodes of this because um, no, I've only listened to, I listened to the Russ Kunkel one and that's, that's, uh, you gotta be there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, that's a pretty high bar, right? <sighs> Getting Russ Kunkel. So, yeah, uh, but, love Russ. yeah, but anyway, well, so, you know, I, I, for those listeners out there that aren't familiar, okay, I, I, we'll, we'll get into the product, but, 
Um, you know, I, I like to mess around with you because, you know, TNR products, um, it, that stands for Toby and Rich. So you're the R of yep. the TNR. Um, That's it. But you are not a drummer. So, you nope. know, I think you might be the third non-drummer I've ever had, had on the show. Yeah. So yeah. how does, you know, how does a, a, a really good guitarist and singer-songwriter how do you get involved in drum accessories? Well, it was really just uh, because of my friendship with Toby. Um, and I mean, for me, uh, just as a guitar player, uh, you know, I'm, my, I'm always the most interested in the drummer. Um, the drummer is what makes the gig fun for me. Uh, if the drummer's good or the drummer and I can have some kind of you know, musical rapport, things will be fun. Um, if that's not there, I don't care how great the singer is or how great the piano player is, or even, you know, another guitar player, I don't care. Uh, it's all about the drummer for me. Um, so, uh, so I guess I've always kind of had that affinity, uh, and, you know, um, then, uh, you know, with Toby and I, uh, I would have, uh, hire Toby on occasion to do live tracks when I was doing uh, commercial music and uh, one day we had a problem with the drum and we're kind of scratching our head like why doesn't this sound better it really should and that was how we kind of came up with uh, the first floor tom uh, ISO mounts and uh, and we just made them for him you know it was just really how do we fix this and make this better and he dug it and so he just went and gigged you know, probably for two years with them and we never did anything with it, you know? <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, so, so that, that interests me because, you know, I, I think there's a lot of accessory companies out there and, and this is where I can sure. insert a joke about you being a, a guitarist with a pedal board and, you know, all the, all, all the doodads and the hickey doos yeah. and, you, you know, but <laughs> I think there's a lot of accessory companies out there that, are a solution in search of a problem, right? Like it's, Sometimes, sure. you know, I mean, I just yeah. think there's a lot of that out there and, yeah. you, you know, you go to NAM and, and there's, you know, I, I see some new product and I'm not picking on any one particular mm -hmm. person, but I see a product and I'm like, God, you, you know, I mean, I, I is that going to do anything for anybody? I mean, I understand yeah. trying to get a share of the wallet, but sure. so Toby was out playing with, you know, the first uh, incarnation of, of the booty shaker, essentially, yep. for two mm -hmm. years, and you guys didn't think to sell this to other drummers? No. Wow. No, we, uh, we, uh, it was just for him, and we're like, wow, that's cool, it works really good, and, you know, and he, uh, um, you know, yeah, he just gigged with him. I remember uh, um, not long after that, he'd gotten, like, a, a, probably, like, a 68 uh, Ludwig that was like a Ringo kit, you know, the, the black oyster pearl. Sure. And, uh, but a little bit later one, you know, um, it might, maybe even later than that. I, I'm, I'm not uh, super uh, on point with my years. Uh, but, uh, you know, and that was like, you know, it was a great sounding kit, but that floor tom struggled, you know, yeah. and it could, it could, it could sound really bad <laughs> or, you know, I take that back. It could sound really disadvantaged and disappointing, but we knew, you know, but you, you give it the right, you know, the right set of circumstances and it's magic, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, I, you know, I mean, I, I've tried so many things over the years and, and look, I'm not trying to make this an infomercial at all, but, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I, I bought one of those really expensive, you know, frames to, to mount a floor mm -hmm. tom in, you know, that's, that's sure. you know, to isolate it from the floor uh -huh. and you know, all the different rubber feet for your floor tom legs. Sure. And, you, you know, I mean, I tried all kinds of stuff and yeah. all of that stuff is pretty permanent, right? Like if you, uh -huh. if you want to undo sure. it, it's work yeah. to undo it. Yeah. Right. So for sure. the, the first time that I tried your product, uh -huh. I was like, you literally just slip it, you know, your floor tom leg down into this thing. It looks like yeah. a big thick hockey puck. And I thought, you know, there's no way this is going to work. Hit the floor, Tom. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just sustained for yeah. days. I was like, yeah. this is so simple. It shouldn't work. 
Well, I think that's the thing, you know, uh, for us, that's sort of been a, a, an ethos or kind of a, a, you know, our vision, I guess, to some degree is that we want things to be really simple. Um, I, you know, I, I see a lot of products out there, products that are kind of in the field where we are, like you mentioned, and, and a lot of them are great products and great ideas, uh, you know, and, and, uh, um, you know, and, and looking at and learning from those products that have been here longer than us, maybe, uh, you know, were things that sort of informed, you know, how we how we wanted to do it. Um, but the, but that's definitely it. You know, like we look at like, what's the simplest way to do this? And, uh, you know, we want it to be effective. We want it to be simple and we want it to be something that anybody can afford. You know? Yeah. Well, and, uh, well, and, and you've got that down pat. And. You know, I, I mean, for years, um, you, you know, I, I've used, and I don't want to get anybody confused here, but for years, it was the booty shaker, which was for yes. your floor toms, and then little booty shakers, which was like a, a snare drum stand isolation mm-hmm. solution. Correct. You know, I, I play my rack tom in a snare basket, um, yep. you know, and, and use them on my snare stand as well. Um, uh-huh. Use that stuff for for a long time and you guys have just recently kind of rebranded from the booty shaker name to true vibe. So talk to me a little bit about the (laughs) rebrand. Well, as I'm sure, you know, uh, most of your listeners will, uh, uh, surmise that, you know, booty shakers was a challenging name. (laughs) And when we chose it, you know, it seemed clever. It seemed like, Oh, it's going to make people ask what it is. Uh, but being green, uh, in the business of, you know, creating and selling a, a product, uh, and specifically a drum accessory product. Uh, if you're going to have a product that, that the name causes people to ask, what is it? Well, you'd better have the money to answer that question. <laughs> and yeah. we did not. <laughs> yeah, right. So therefore, it was a long haul of really trying to uh, understand how to explain our product and to kind of get across clearly, you know, what people should expect from that product. Um, in you know, the last, uh, over the last year, we hired a new guy who's been helping us with the marketing, uh, a little company called Cadence, uh, media. And, uh, uh, it's our friend Ben and Ben runs, uh, uh, also does, uh, sounds like a drum, which is, uh, an excellent YouTube channel. And, uh, uh, as well as they're on, you know, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter too, but, uh, just so much great content that every drummer needs to get hit to. Um, I really love the way they explain things. Um, and, uh, anyways, Ben really helped us kind of, uh, continue to, to focus our message and clarify that. Um, and, you know, once we really started seeing our marketing move forward, which before this, it had just been a, a constant struggle for me to learn how to do that. Uh, and once it started moving forward, I realized that, that things were about to change for us, which is wonderful. And I realized that, man, the name is a negative, and now's the time to remove that negative. Yeah, right, <laughs> so right. That on. was the long explanation there. You're going to get a lot of long explanations out of me. No, no, no. Uh, that's, and that's exactly. I apologize. Now. No, no, that's exactly what we want on this show. I mean, you, you know, I. <laughs> I go down every single rabbit hole that somebody yeah. presents me with, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, yeah. Y- you know, we don't, you know, we don't talk about paradiddles and radamacues. We, we want to mm-hmm. know what makes yeah. people tick, but you, you bring up sounds like a drum and they're a great mm-hmm. YouTube channel. You know, yeah. I, I get so many emails of folks that are like, I can't get this snare drum tuned. What am I doing wrong? And I always yeah. go search YouTube for sounds like a drum. Yeah. Everything yeah. is there and, yeah. you know, just it's a master class in, you know, how you make your, your instrument sound better. So yeah, you, absolutely. You're working with the right dudes for sure. Oh man, they're great guys, both Cody. And I, I don't really work a whole lot with Cody. He's mainly on sounds like a drum, but you know, Cody and Ben are the, and Ben's the guy who kind of works with us. And, but both of those guys are so good and uh, so practical and they'll try anything. And man, if it works, it works. 
yeah. and they'll share it. There's no like, you know, you know, there's no guile, you know, it's all straight up. Yeah. And I love that about them, you know? Yeah. It, I mean, it's just a wealth of, of information and, um, you know, yeah. I, I really need to get one of those cats on, you know, this podcast Absolutely, you man. Know, to, to, to kind yeah. of talk through that because it is such a great resource and, and, you know, we, yeah. we want people to gain knowledge, mm-hmm. right. At the end yeah. of the day. Um, yeah. So I, I hate to put it in reverse here, but let's, let's back yeah. up for just a minute. At what point, what year was it when you guys were like, hey, we may be on to something here. Let's try to mass produce and and get this out to market. And talk to me about, I, I've heard some of this, but talk to me about, you know, making booty shakers on the dining room table and all that good stuff, you know, because it's cool. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly, uh, you know, um, has and even still, you know, I package everything. Everything goes through my hands, you know, and uh, if there's not a, you know, there's not an offshore, uh, you know, uh, co-packer, you know. Um, but basically, I think we we started our business in 2012, and we had probably made the first versions of the floor tom mounts maybe almost four years before that. So it'd been quite a while. And really the, the reason, uh, that I did it, um, well, Toby and I did it together, but, uh, was I was just kind of burnt out doing, uh, commercial music. And, uh, it had just gotten to a point where like, you know, the only uh, positive validation for being creative musically was money. And when you didn't get the money, you felt like, gosh, well, I'm a suck. <laughs> and so I was like, you know what? This is, this is wrong. <laughs> you know, yeah. not that there's anything wrong with the job. It's a wonderful job and was great for me for many years. But I just got to a point where I'm like, you know, I want to, I want to go another route. And I just thought, you know, I'm really dig what these do. You know, there, there must be a way that we could share these with other people and they'll dig it too. You know what I mean? And really it was just that it wasn't ever like, Oh, I know we could, you know, sell these and license the idea to DW and we'll get paid all kinds of money. It wasn't that at all. <laughs> right. You know, I just thought, I just thought, man, I got to make some money. And you know what? I'd rather do this and interact with other musicians about how do we make, how do we make your instrument sound great than, uh, than, uh, you know, what I was doing with the, uh, commercial music, uh, composition. So, so yeah, 2012. Okay. And, uh, you know, um, the, uh, as far as, uh, making things on the kitchen table, um, it was funny. Toby, uh, just was, uh, called me the other day cause he was going through some stuff in his garage and pulled out some, uh, some of the first for sale versions of, uh, the, uh, the booty shakers. And I had this other one when we, when we made the very first thought about selling them and we made the first set. Like I tried to package them in a way like, uh, that would be sort of saleable at home, but we hadn't even come up with the name booty shakers yet. I think we were just calling them like floor Tom resonators. And, uh, so I had, I had the foam, which they were initially were square. <laughs> so you could imagine you know, a lot of times people think they're funny cause they, cause of the size they are, they look kind of large, uh, but really they're that size for a reason. That's part of how their function. But but before they were square and looked even worse, you know. And uh, but I remember making the uh, plastic bag um, to like, you know, like I just had like a big Ziploc bag, and I'm like, oh, so I took a, you know, I cut it, and then like took a lighter and closed up one end and made it so it was the exact size that I needed. It was kind of funny. Oh man, see, see, it, it's stuff like that, <laughs> luckily, you know. Luckily, we do it better now. <laughs> y- yeah, but I mean, it's stuff like that, you know. It, necessity is the mother of invention, right? Like I've, I've got to yeah. find a way to package this it is stuff. For us, yeah. You know, well, you know, much like you and, and Toby, you know, I have a relationship, um, you know, the guy that I've been playing in funnel with since, you know, probably 91, you know, I mean, 30 years that I've been playing with, with Phil Weisenberger, you know, he's got a great mm-hmm. studio here in town. 
And I yeah. remember the first time I took a set of the floor tom isolators out to the studio, he was like, what are those? And, and I explained to him, hey, you know, this is going to help decouple the floor tom legs from the floor and, and we're going to get a lot of, you know, resonance out of the drum. It just makes the drum, you know, sing a little better and, and, and the fundamental low is, is more pronounced. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, he and he was like, exactly. It, it, but his first reaction as an engineer, he was like, "It's snake oil. It'll, it, you know, it's not, yeah. it's not going to work." You know, yeah. So sure enough, man, we, you know, we mic up the the kit, and I hit it, and he was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. <laughs> he was like, "I can't believe those work." You know, yeah. Um, it, and it really is that sort of experience with your product. I think if anybody just tries it, they're going to be like, yeah. Oh my God, I can't believe this works. Yeah. No, for sure, man. I mean, it, it, we've definitely battled, you know, the whole snake oil thing. I mean, not so much anymore. We kind of have enough of a rep, um, that, uh, but boy, it was hard at first, you know, you're trying to do, well, of course, you know, and then having the name booty shakers probably, didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hindsight is 2020. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, but yeah, and, and, and usually that was always what it was. Whenever we would go to a, to a drum show, we would kill every time. And because it's just undeniable when you hear what it does and, you know, and like I said, I mean, really all we're doing is we're just stopping a negative from taking that away. Like the drum already had it, you know, all along. And, uh, you know, there was just something just kind of, you know, that was a, you know, a wrench in the cogs and, you know, we take that out and then all of a sudden, wow. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. I will. And it is the wow factor. And, you know, the, the first time I tried the, the snare mounted products, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was like, man, I really hope this works because nothing yeah. will kill like a vintage rat Tom quicker yeah. than putting it on a snare stand. Right. And yep. squeezing oh, yeah. it with a, with the basket and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. And you were the one that was like, man, you re- really ought to put those on your snare drum too. And I was like, really, yeah. does it make a difference yeah. for a snare? And you were like, absolutely it does. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a huge believer and, you know, um, can't recommend the, the true vibe products enough to everybody. It's just, it really does make a difference and, you, you know, not to put too fine a point on it, but funnel played a, um, a festival date in September of this year. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was one of those, you know, a 30 minute changeover kind of thing in front of a live audience. And, you know, the, the, sound engineer was just kind of line checking everything. And, sure. you know, I was just running across the kit real quick. And when I hit the floor time, he went, Holy God, that thing is low. And I was uh-huh. like, yeah, man. And so I think he like immediately went to the website and ordered some <laughs> to, just to put in a toolbox, you know? Yeah. So it really does make a believer out of people when they try it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, one of the things to be clear about too, um, cause we're talking about all this, you know, the big sound and, and, uh, you know, a lot of times people hear that and then they kind of, kind of have this opposite reaction of like, well, I don't want all that resonance and I don't want all that sustain or, or something like that. And really the, the thing of it is, is even if you want to tailor the sound of the drum, with like a dampener or, you know, a towel or, you know, uh, throwing some cotton balls in it or whatever you want to do, you know, some tape or something that you want to slow it down and shorten it up with our products. You're still going to have that fundamental tone and note that is cleaner and, uh, has, doesn't have all the weird overtones, uh, or odd harmonics in it, you know, so it's just going to be a more usable sound, even if you do a dry stuff. Like uh, we just did, uh, you know, one of the guys we've been working with lately is a guy named Jake Reed, um, who does some, uh, you know, some different sample stuff. And he's playing on other, you know, uh, I think he just played on a Katy Perry track, um, her version of uh, uh, it's a Beatles tune. Um, oh, all you need is love. Yeah, she just did that. So Jake played on that. And, uh, um, anyways, you know, he just did a whole sample library of like 
dead drums. And if you look at all his posts where he's creating these dead drums, all of them have have uh, the uh, the true vibe ISO mounts on them. Wow. So you know, because it's even if you want it dry and short and dark, still getting that clean, clear tone. You know, that's not straining. You know, is going to be better. Yeah, for sure. Well, and one of the tricks that I use, you know, you got three legs on your floor, Tom. If it's a little mm-hmm. too much, I just take one off yeah. and leave two. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Yeah, we'll hopefully do some more posts, like talking about that stuff too. We, you know, that's brilliant that you figured that out. Um, I remember a while back, one of our early uh, artist guys, just like you, was Butch Norton, who plays with uh, Lucinda Williams. Oh yeah, man, Butch is and a Butch b- is wild the man. Dude ever. And, uh, and I remember him telling me that he's like, yeah, sometimes I only use one. And I, at that point I had never even considered like, you don't have to use all three. And I'm like, Oh, what a brilliant idea. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, sometimes when you're in the studio, you're looking for a, you know, a a Tom Petty seventies kind of sound, right. Or or eighties sound, you know, where it's a little bit more lo-fi or whatever. Um, you know, and I don't want to give anybody the wrong idea that, hey, your drums are going to ring for a day if you use these. I just think it gives a more truthful, fundamental tone of how you yeah. have the drum tuned. For sure. You know, for I mean, sure. that that's yeah. how I would explain it. But yeah, well, I, I, it's, it's just awesome. So, you know, I can't recommend it enough. But now l- let's get into some some serious stuff here. You've mentioned the, the commercial music uh, oh, uh-huh. for a minute. But let's talk a little bit just about your musical career because it's been pretty remarkable. And, and you were... Well, I don't know. Well, you're being kind there. But you were kind enough to share with me some of the demos that you did years ago. Mm -hmm. You've got some serious songwriting chops, Rich. I mean, thank you. You're 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 welcome. Um, And you know, I think I think it's interesting for my crowd, especially one of the themes that we talk about a lot is how does a drummer take control of his own career, his or her own career. Mm Because drummers yeah. are, are t- typically, you know, side men or side women for the majority of their career. And we've had a lot of great independent drummers on here that, that you know, kind of write their own script, so to speak. Sure. Um, yeah. From a songwriter's perspective, you know, you can write a billion great songs, but until the right, right person hears it, it's just yeah. a billion great songs, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. You, you know, so talk to us a little bit about, you know, I, I know you've been writing all along, but you were doing com- commercial music, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk to... Now, that's where I kind of... Go ahead. Yeah, well, yeah, talk to us about kind of making the transition from, you know, Nationwide is on your side to writing these great <laughs> songs, you know? Yeah. Well, actually, they were kind of intertwined together. I mean, the demos that you speak of were uh, specifically country demos that I went to Nashville a couple times kind of pitching and looking for opportunities. And that all came out of the commercial side. Like before that, you know, I mean, I wrote for my own, you know, uh, enjoyment. And, uh, you know, I'd recorded a few things, you know, and uh actually back then really all i played at was my church you know and uh um so anyway so doing the commercial music uh i used to have a girl here in town uh named eve sellis who actually lives in nashville now um and uh she uh she you know she did a lot of uh her and her band and some kind of rotating cast of musicians they were all kind of like the a-list corporate band people, you know, so they had all the good, you know, all the good gigs locked up, you know? And, uh, um, but they also had their original stuff called the East Ellis band, which was all, you know, uh, you know, you know, contemporary country stuff. And, uh, so I had had her sing on some demos and things before. So we kind of knew each other that way. And, uh, so one day she reached out to me about writing with them for an album and, uh, you know, which I'm like, yeah, it'd be great. So I went and I think I worked on, um, she, if, 
the funny thing is, is I think uh, uh, she had this idea about it was kind of at the time that all the Tiger Woods stuff with his, uh, you know, him get divorced from his wife and all the, you know, the brouhaha around all that. And uh, she had this idea about a song called When Is Everything Enough? Um, yeah. And uh, so we wrote that was the first song we wrote and uh, turned out really cool. Um, and uh, so we ended up writing probably like five or six songs for their next album together. And uh, um, so after doing that, um, I kind of thought, oh, this is cool. I enjoyed the process. And I thought, I'm going to put together some more uh, kind of country demos. And uh, during that, uh, she had been invited to go uh, be a part of Tin Pan South, which is sort of a writer's showcase. Um, it's about a month long, I think, or maybe it's a week long. But they do it every year in Nashville, and it's hosted by the Nashville Songwriters Association, you know, NSAI. And, uh, you know, so it happens at all these different venues all over town. Um, the guy that she usually goes with, who's the guitar player, one of the guitar players and singer in the, her band, couldn't go. So she asked me to go. And so I went out there with her and we did this one night with her and a couple other girls, uh, singers that were on her label, which is, I think, called, uh, uh, Hippie Chick, um, which is run by this girl, uh, uh, a lady, uh, Kim McLean, who is a, uh, you know, she's a, an established writer there in uh, Nashville and really talented lady. Um, and also wrote some mean uh, coffee bean, I must say. Um, <laughs> okay, and, that's uh, good to know. She does. That's one of her side hustles there. <laughs> but uh, I mean, she's written some songs for like, you know, Tim McGraw and some other stuff. And she's kind of, you know, she's definitely had some real success. Um, so we went out there and did that. And, and you know, I think I, I, uh, Wrote a few more after that. I, I wrote a few more demos, which are probably the ones that you heard, the later ones. And uh, I don't know. I traveled there probably three or four times to pitch and then really came to the realization that, you know, if I was going to do this, I'd really have to live here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Living in San Diego and going out twice a year or whatever is not going to cut it. Yeah. So uh, so uh, that was around the time that I think I thought maybe this uh, drum accessory thing could work. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, you bring up a really interesting point in that you, <clears throat> you know Nashville is. You know, I'm not saying this in a bad way, but Nashville is very much, you know, oh, you know, where do your kids go to school? And if you're like, well, you know, we live in San Diego, they're like, oh, really? Like, like you, you don't yeah. live here? It's, you know, I, I, I'm not yeah. saying that that works against you, but it works against you. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, it is. I mean, it's definitely as you know what? I'll, I'll tell you this, to be quite honest. It, whether you're going to try to be a songwriter and pitch songs in Nashville or whether you're going to try to make a drum accessory and sell that, at the end of the day, business is the same thing. And it's this, that you got to go out and you've got to make friends yeah. and you got to build those relationships. And over time, those relationships mature and bear fruit. Yeah. And that's how it is, you know? Yeah. So, well, well, are you I, willing to do it? You know, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, a perfect case in point, you know, I love your neck of the woods, you know, Southern mm -hmm. California is like one of my favorite places on earth. And I always jokingly yeah, say, bad. you know, if I could have Kentucky traffic and Southern California weather, <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd, I'd really I like the way you think. Yeah. I'd really be doing something, but you know, I can come to San Diego every month and spend a weekend but when you call me up and say, hey, man, can you make a gig next Wednesday? And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to be yeah. back for three more weeks. You're probably going to yeah. move on to somebody else. Right. For sure. For sure. You yeah. know, so you just kind of have to oh, be yeah. there wherever you're putting you your do. roots down. This is true. This is true. You know, but, you know, you're you're in, uh, you know, a, a great area of the country, you know, you're mm -hmm. an hour south of LA, you know, and, yep. and San Diego is known and, and even Orange County, you know, just to the north of you, it's known mm -hmm. for great musical, uh, you know, um, activity. So I know you yeah. stay busy enough, 
but tell everybody, you know, some of the stuff that you're working on right now, because I know you're staying busy. Well, I, uh, I, um, right now what I'm doing is I have, uh, Toby and I both are working with this other guy, uh, his name's Aquilino and he's a bass player. This guy, uh, I think Aquilino is 70 now and you would think this dude was like 48. Nice. <laughs> like, so we have this little power trio that we do and it's all his stuff. There's a one or two songs of mine in there, but it's very, you know, just, you know, 60s, late 60s, early 70s, blues, rock, whatever you want to call it, you know, classic rock stuff. And uh, so we've been working on an album and I think we're, uh, I think we're eight tracks deep so far. And so we have a few more to do before we uh, wrap the album, but it's turned out really cool and been a lot of fun and I'm super excited about gigging it. And, uh, cause as my, I love recording and I, you know, I have a fair amount of experience recording, but man, I love playing in front of people yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, to me, that's the best thing. And, uh, and I guess that's all because I don't do that enough, um, that I say that I know people who, you know, who are gigging, you know, for their rent money, you know, four nights a week are like, uh, yeah, I'd, <laughs> I'd rather be recording, you know, but, <laughs> yeah. but you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. So. But, uh, and then, uh, I actually did just join a, uh, a, a local, uh, cover band, uh, called Diego Blues. And I kind of been working with those guys. Um, they kind of been out of circulation and, and, um, so we should, uh, I think, uh, in January we'll start gigging again. Cool. Um, I did do one gig with them, which I've never done a cover band before, um, which is probably strange. I've always played original music. Um, so it's been a really great like learning process for me. Like, you know, um, I think that I did do one gig with them back in, uh, uh, you know, uh, in October, I think. And I had to like crash, learn 33 songs <laughs> you know, yep. in like a week. Yep. So that was, uh, that was pretty gonzo, but it was cool. It was a good, it was a good, uh, good stress. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, I, you know, I say to, to people all the time, if you really want to have to dig in on something, learn 30 of somebody else's songs in a week for a gig or, or yeah. a tour or whatever, <laughs> like yeah. you, you will work muscles in your brain that haven't been worked in a long, long time. Right. Cause you, yeah. You, yeah. Just, you, you can't wing it. You have to commit that stuff to memory. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Um, th- there's not a lot of room for for error and you have to, you know, as, yeah. a, as a drummer, you have to get the feel right. And, y- yeah. you know, all those things. But, oh, yeah. Well, just dynamic changes and, you know, yeah. certain, you know, there's, you know, whatever different accents and whatnot. And I mean, I guess for me, what I always do is I go, I try to identify this is the thing that I've got to nail in the song and make sure I focus on that. There may be another part of the song where like, you know, Hey, this is, this is easy. I can do this without thinking, you know, but just focusing on that, you know, the, those money spots, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but even that, you know, if you're trying to do that on 30 some songs, I mean, <laughs> it's still a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Sure, man. And I'm sure you've done that way more than I, I know Toby, you know, he's done a lot of corporate work. And, you know, just a lot of pickup playing around town. I mean, he's very, you know, so he's done that, you know, so many times, you know, it's uh he's more adept at it than I am, but, but uh, I'm glad to, glad to have done it. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, I kind of the rule that I've adopted, you know, in my, however long, 35 years of playing is never say no to a gig. Mm-hmm. And, and I can honestly say I've turned down some gigs, but it's Mm -hmm. legitimately because I just could not do it. Right. Sure. I think the only opportunity that I ever just outright said no to, I had this Mm -hmm. um, Black Sabbath tribute band call me and this Mm -hmm. has been 25 years ago, but they, Uh they called me up out of the blue and they were like, Hey, we're a Black Sabbath tribute band out of, I think St. Paul, Minnesota and we've got 20 gigs booked and we need a drummer. Can you fly up here tomorrow? And wow, this was in like February. And I was like, okay, 
I love Black Sabbath, but I'm not going yeah. to friggin' St. Paul, Minnesota in February to do 20 <laughs> Black Sabbath tribute gigs. Oh, not man. not gonna happen. You know that kind of thing. No so, blind. Yeah, right. So that's the only time yeah. that I was ever just like, no, I don't want to do this. You know. So yeah, yeah. And that helps you grow as a musician is just to do anything yeah. you possibly can. Yeah, I think too. Like one of the things I've learned recently. Um, you know, and I think this is true for any musician, regardless of their instrument, is that uh, we're always looking for like, hey, how do we level up? You know, like, how do I play with those cats that are a little better than me so that I can be better? And no doubt that is, you know, probably the best way to increase your ability and your chops and just your musicianship uh, in general but recently I've kind of like learned that there is a lot to be gained by playing with people who maybe aren't as good as you. And how do I, uh, you know, how do I kind of negotiate that? How do I go, Hey, what can I do to make this the best that it can be? You know? And, uh, and man, that takes a lot of skill sometimes, you know? Yeah. And a lot of times we tend to go, ah, oh, yeah, I don't want to play with those guys whatever, you know, and, and, uh, so that's been cool, man. I, I, I really, I'm really, I'm learning the joy of like, it's okay. You know, if maybe these guys aren't as good or whatever, like, man, let's get on it and let's make some music. You know, how do I make music? You know, whatever I'm doing. Yeah. And I just think so many of us get caught up in the whole, um, you know, every gig is life or death every recording session is life or death. And, yeah. you know, you just get so focused on how do I move to the next rung of the ladder that you lose sure. some of the enjoyment, right? Like, yeah. Oh yeah. I, it happens. You know, and, and I jokingly say on this show all the time, if I have to play brown eyed girl one more time, <laughs> you know, in a wedding band, if that guy says, uh, you know, play Mustang Sally. He's getting a stick to the back of the <laughs> Right, you know. And I'm not doing it. <laughs> or, or, or Brick House or whatever it is, yeah. you know. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, man, you know, you go play one of those gigs and yeah. the bass player, you know, you never know. He might be in Iron Maiden next week and say, hey, yeah. we need a drummer. You just don't know, yeah. you know. That's a yeah. ridiculous example, but For sure. you just never know where the next yeah. gig is going to come from. So you have to treat them all with respect. I think so. But, yeah. but, but at the same time, it's not life or death. Go have fun. Yeah. Well, and even the, even just, you know, on the, on the level of, you know, you could be playing and just having that attitude that like, I want this to be amazing, even though I play this a hundred, you know, or a thousand times and, and, you know, just having that kind of attitude, you know, and I mean, to be quite honest, that's the attitude that gets you the dream gig. Yeah. Like a lot of the cats that I know, especially, you know, I mean, I know a lot of famous drummers now, uh, and most of them are like the most like positive, like get it done. Like, what can I do to help kind of cats? Like it blow you away, you know? And that's why they have those gigs is because they're constantly going, how do I help this other person realize their vision? Or, you know, I mean, especially in, in, in light of being a, you know, a sideman, whether it's guitar or drums or whatever, you know, how do I, you know, how do I make the vision happen? You know, those yeah. are the cats that get the great gigs. Yeah. And a perfect example of that, you know, and I, I haven't even mentioned this on the show, but, you know, the great Bobby Jarzombak, right, who is mm -hmm. just, you know, he's played in I don't know how many metal bands and hard rock bands. Yeah. I think he was in Fate's Warning at one time. He, you know, was Sebastian Bach's drummer for many years from Skid Row. You know, this yeah. guy is is just straight up a badass rocker. He <laughs> just took the gig with George Strait and the Ace in the Hole band. The, nice. That gig is not at all what you would think Bobby would be sure. in, 
right? Yeah. You know, just kind of playing straight ahead, four on the floor kind of country stuff and some shuffles, yeah. right? <laughs> playing some train beats. Yeah, exactly. But do you yeah. know how much George Strait pays his band? I'm sure oh, I, <laughs> I'm sure it's a lot, you know? Yeah, so I'm sure it's good, man. Yeah, and, and Bobby's a Texas guy, so it, it made yeah. sense. But when that call came, oh, yeah. he was like, yeah, man, I'll trade in my double yeah. bass 12-piece kit for – a yeah. four piece and do some country shuffles. Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, regardless of, you know, what area, you know, or style or genre of drumming you're doing, I mean, to be skilled, you know, has the same challenges, you know I mean? I, you know, uh, one of the things I really appreciate about Toby, my business partner is, you know, going and playing blues with him and like how many different ways he can play a shuffle. <laughs> right. I love that. You know what I mean? A lot of guys are just, you know, oh, they're just trying to two-handed, you know, like Texas, uh, like they heard one Stevie Ray song and that's all they know about a shuffle, you know? And, uh, um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, whether you're doing uh, blast beats or, you know, whatever, man, skill is skill. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Well, and, you know, I mean, th- I think that brings up another, you know, pretty interesting point. You know, you being a, a guitarist and a singer-songwriter, you know, you, you know, some of the biggest drummers in the world because they're artists on your roster, you know, yeah. uh, pr- present, present company completely excluded from that list. No, but, but, but seriously, I mean, like Troy Laquetta, you know, who's one of yeah. my Mount Rushmore drummers, um, it, which, by the way, I finally got Troy on the show, but nice. Um, you know, that was one of the things that connected us. I was like, hey, man, we're both, yeah. you know, we're both booty shaker artists and he was like oh cool yeah i'll do it anytime yeah just just yeah. say when troy's a sweetheart man i haven't talked with him in a long time but that was he you know it's funny when you were uh i thought you were going to mention him earlier uh, i forget why um but uh he is man he is one of those sweetheart guys and he's that guy too like he has that attitude like you know how can i help you know musically and uh such a great drummer such a great drummer. And before I met him, I didn't really realize, like, of course, you know, like, you know, I knew the Tesla hits, you know, but that really, like, at the time Tesla came out was when, you know, uh, I was really discovering uh, 60s uh, rock, you know, late 60s rock and, like, deep into that and really wasn't paying attention to what was current. And, uh, but after meeting Troy and, you know, going over to his house and, you know, hearing the stuff on his, you know, what he was recording at home and, and, and just hearing him play, just watching him play in person. Like I was just so impressed yeah. with uh, his musicianship, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, but you know, you've got, you know, guys like him and you mentioned Butch Norton mm-hmm. earlier, which, you know, yeah. Butch is a wild man. He'll do anything yeah. once, you know, I mean, he's yeah. just, a, just a character, but a monster drummer you know, you know, all these guys. So, you know, if you really, you know, if you really wanted to, you could pretty much call up any drummer in the world and be like, Hey man, we play on this demo. Right. I mean, that's, (laughs) well, you know, I don't know, (laughs) but but that network is there. I guess I could ask, Yeah, you know, um, you know, um, yeah, but but the network is, I have stuff that would be worthy of a lot of those guys. I'm kind of, not quite on that level yet, but, but, uh, well, but there's some of them, you know, um, you know, actually one of my favorite guys in Nashville, this is off topic drummer, uh, is a guy named Kevin McKendry and Kevin was, uh, the band leader for Delbert McClinton forever. Yeah. Well, not forever, but for a long time. And man, Kevin is one of the best piano players. So good. And, uh, I used to, whenever I would go to Nashville, I'd always go see them at uh they played uh, he played with this other band uh uh um i'm blanking on the name uh mike henderson and they would play uh, they would play sunday nights at uh the bluebird and that was the only time that the bluebird was like a bar and not like the bluebird where everybody had to be quiet you couldn't order drinks during the song or nothing everybody pays attention you know yeah and uh oh man so good well, I mean, when you say Delbert McClinton, you're, you, you know yeah. what I'm saying. You're starting to speak my oh, language, yeah. you know. And, and oh man, 
you know, the, the great Jack Bruno <laughs> has been playing with yeah. Delbert here lately. I mean, just, yeah. just that's a who's who of badassery that's gone through oh, that band sure. over the last 50 years, yep. you know? So, yeah. But, but, but I, you know, you mentioned you got to go out and make friends. Business is business, yeah. right? But for sure, the business of music, you know, I, I bemoan all the corporate, you know, stuff all the time yeah. on here. You know, the artist is always the last to get paid. It's, you, it's, <laughs> it's impossible to make a living at it anymore. There's, you, you know, I, it I, is, man. but I say all those things on this show, but the cool thing yeah. about our business is you do have those lifelong friends, right? Oh, absolutely. That you make. And absolutely. everybody's in the same machine and they know how hard it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think the more real that you are as a person, I think people just connect with that. Yeah. And everybody's looking for people who are real. You know what I mean? Because for the very reasons you just mentioned, that there's so much harshness, there's so much, you know, just down to the dollars and cents. And, you know, there's so much disappointment or hope deferred. And when you can connect with people that are real, man, that's what life's all about. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I would make the argument that you don't get into music to put on a front, you know, like musicians bear their soul. I mean, that's as a songwriter, yeah. you can you can For attest sure. to that. Like you're, you're probably not writing about fake stuff. You're writing your experience, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we, we all kind yeah. of bear it all for the world to see because we're, yeah. you know, we're artistic. And, you yeah. know, I, I just think it's hard to find a more real group of people than people that are trying to do this yeah. as a vocation because for it's, sure. it's yeah. hard, you know. It is. It is. Yeah. But, you know, it's worth doing. Sure it is. Absolutely. Well, so... Yep. Um, you know, I want to be respectful of your time, Rich. I, this has been sure. a, a great hang in a conversation. Yeah, good. Um, you know, I mean, I, I've just had so much fun. It's always good catching up with you. First of yeah. all, it had been far too long since we had last spoke, but you know, oh, no. I, I, I want to say, and this is heartfelt and sincere. I want to thank you and Toby both for being such ardent supporters of mine and helping me oh, out. Wonderful. You know, you're very I, welcome, man. I am so proud to be so proud to be an artist on your roster with all these other great names. And, um, you know, anytime I've ever asked you for anything, you were like, no problem, you know, and, and that, that's just, it's so hard to find. And I can't thank you enough, um, for, for all that support. So, First of all, my, my gratitude yeah. to you for, for all that. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. You're welcome. So secondly, you know, with the, you know, the, the rebrand, you know, to, to True Vibe and, and all the stuff mm -hmm. that's going on, there's a lot of social media going on out there. Tell mm -hmm. everybody what is the best way to get in touch with you guys, where to follow. Is there one social channel that's better than another? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, for us, most of our stuff kind of starts on Instagram. It's kind of the home base for us, um, which is all just at TNR Products. And uh, the same for, uh, for Facebook uh, and Twitter. Um, we, uh, we do have the YouTube channel, but that's kind of, I'm in the process of sort of working on that. We really haven't, we have really not used that the way we should. Um, and again, that's just, you know, uh, all my fault. <laughs> you know, there's only so many things I could do in a day, but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, Instagram is the great place. And then obviously, you know, just tnrproducts.com. They can always go there and find all our social media right there. And, uh, and then also find out about the products and, and, um, and, uh, yeah, the website right now is uh, actually, it's super bare bones. There's not even an artist page right now. I'm kind of working on getting that back up. Um, where we did a switch over uh, to a new website uh, when we did the relaunch back on uh, on November nineteenth, and uh, so I was able to get the you know basically the homepage and the shop up, and so now I'm going back and kind of you know bringing the artist page back and some other informational stuff. So gotcha. Okay, keep the eyes out for that. Cool. All right. Well, we're gonna send some folks your way. What is 
what does the future hold? Uh, you know, get, get out your crystal ball. But yeah, so this is a two part question. You know, what is uh-huh. next for TNR and what is next for Rich Wiley, the, the, the musician? <clears throat> the, the song? Do you have a pandemic record that's going to surface, in, <laughs> you know, in 12 months? Or no, man, I was just trying to play the whole time, you know, yeah, and uh, excited to get back to that. Um, for TNR, um, we're still, uh, there's, a, there's a, so many things that I want to do. For us as a little company, everything has just been about what do we have the resource to do. And until we can successfully and, uh, you know, uh, uh, sell the product that we already offer, it didn't make any financial sense to, to, to do any other things. Um, other than table mates, which obviously we have the turntable isolation mounts that you can find on our website too. Um, but, uh, you know, I've still been working on prototypes for the bass drum mount, which, um, I'm hoping will come out with next year. Okay. It's going to be cool. Well, I'm, I'm excited about it. If you're, uh, if you're signing up beta testers, you, you just let me know because I, I'm, I'm all over <laughs> right that list. So, right on, man. Uh, but well, th- that sounds cool. It, it, and that's exciting because yeah. there's not anything like that out there that I'm aware yeah. of. I mean, I think there's things, but you got to be like, well, I have a 24 inch bass drum, so I need one of those. I also have a 22, yeah. so I need one of those. If you have something that's going to be like super adaptable yeah. and, and I, I'm not really sure what the price will be, um, but it will be very affordable. Just like, you know, we always keep them, um, or as, as affordable as we can make it. Um, the, uh, there are other different cradles and mounts and other things out there, but I don't think there's anything as adaptable as this. Plus ours follows the regular, ethos of true vibe in that it needs to decouple and allow that drum to really sing and be clean. Um, so, you know, which the other, the other products don't really do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm a buyer. So I'll just say that. So whenever you have the first one ready, you just call and I'll give you the credit card digits, brother. I'm, I'm a buyer. (laughs) So I'm, I'm all about it. So I'm going to count on it. What about you personally? What uh, what's in the future? I know you've got the thing going. You know, kind of the 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 power trio. Uh, yeah. You're working on a record. Is that going to see the light of day in 22? Oh, probably. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, hopefully we'll finish it before first quarter's out. Um, if not, then shame on us. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's really all I got right now for that. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to playing out with that. And then seeing some other opportunities too. I just, I love playing, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I don't play enough. So, well, for, for, you know, if I could gig, if I could gig two or three nights a week, that would be just right for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, touche, right? We'll all of us, you know? <laughs> well, for all of our listeners out in the Southern California, San Diego area, there's your guy right there. If you're looking for a, <laughs> a really good guitarist, Rich oh, wants man. two to three gigs a week. So call him, get, get him I on the did. phone. So, <laughs> well, brother, yeah. as always, man, I can't thank you enough for taking time to yeah. do this. Um, we're going to send some folks your way. We'll link everything up from the drumshuffle.com over to tnrproducts.com. And uh, man, have a, a, a healthy and happy holiday season. Let me know how I can be helpful, brother. Yeah, wonderful, man. You too. And they, Ben, thanks for making us part of the drum shuffle. We're, we're proud to be here. Well, I mean, you guys are a big part of my team. And, and like I say, man, I can't thank you enough for all the support over the years. Hard for me to believe that it's been six already. That's crazy to me, but I know, you I know, know. Time, time flies. Time does fly. So, well, Rich, thanks again <laughs> so much, man. We'll talk to you real soon. Yes, sir, man. Thanks, buddy. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right, guys and girls, that is going to do it. For episode 140 of the Drum Shuffle podcast, as always, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We simply cannot do this show without each and every one of you doing so week in and week out. Many, many thanks to my buddy Rich Wiley for taking time out of his schedule to come on and talk about TNR, True Vibe, uh, a little sneak preview there of a killer new product that we're uh, hopeful to see next year. Um, I, I cherish Rich's friendship and the relationship that we've built over the past 
half decade plus. So thanks, Rich, for coming on the show. Uh, guys and girls, please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you are using currently to listen to the Drum Shuffle podcast. We have some guests coming up in the new year that you are certainly not going to want to miss. Next week will be our last episode of 2021, and you are not going to want to miss it. I am going to be joined by the legendary Simon Phillips next week here on this program. So make sure you tune in for that one. It's going to be epic. As a reminder, we answer every single email that we get here at the show. Our email address is thedrumshufflepodcast at gmail.com. Our web address is thedrumshuffle.com. And you can always find more information about me over at jamieeds.com. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. We simply cannot do this show without your support. If you really want to help us out, the biggest thing you can do is share a link with a friend. Tell somebody you know about the podcast. We have big plans for 2022. We hope you'll come along for that ride. So until next time, may your head stay strong and your sticks never break. Cheers, everybody. Cheers.